Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup for DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Just draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey there, Andy here. Uh, This podcast is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. James and I had a hard time coordinating our schedules this week with work and some other personal commitments, but uh, luckily we like to, from time to time, bank some content where we just talk less about the day-to-day dealings of the Rangers and more about uh, just our impressions around the league. So this one, yeah, this one's a fun one. We talk about the point system in the NHL, changes we would make, uh, personalities of the players, why there isn't more, uh, who are the players with the most personality, and yeah, some other stuff. So we hope you enjoy it, uh, and we look forward to giving you some more uh, timely New York Rangers-related content uh, on the next one. But yeah, we hope you enjoy. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back today discussing a little bit about the NHL, the future of the league, and just uh, a couple topics that have been, you know, uh, bouncing in my head, and and I kind of want to bounce my thoughts off of uh, Andy and and see what he has to say. And But first, Andy, I got to ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's uh, yet another, uh, I guess, slightly sunny, slightly cloudy every day. Uh, Every day kind of seems the same. It's getting it's, it gets dark really early, so you don't get much much uh, sunlight, and 
you know, walk, my walks with my dog are brisk and, uh, but you know, it's that time of year. So, uh, as long hockey, it's definitely nice to have hockey at least to get me excited because it's like, you can't really, it's getting a little too cold to want to go outside and, you know, walk around and do things, you know, especially during a pandemic, there's not much you can do anyway, but you can at least, you know, maybe sometimes go to the park or a picnic or something, but yeah, options are limited right now. So at least hockey is here. And even if the Rangers are kind of up and down to start uh, the season, it's here. So I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. Yeah. I think this time of year, just people in general are just home bodies anyway. So everyone likes to stay indoors and, and, and kind of hibernate until the nicer weather hits us. And, and, you know, that fortunately for us means, you know, the end of the hockey season and playoff hockey, which is always exciting and, you know, always comes with spring and, and very welcoming. And, you know, it's the best part of the year for a hockey fan, especially for teams in it. So, um, but I had a couple questions for you, Andy, and this is, you know, this podcast is, you know, going to lean a little bit towards uh, the league and, you know, uh, things that are not necessarily time sensitive, but just questions, uh, general questions that, you know, I, I think need to be addressed over the next couple of years, I think, within the NHL. And, you know, the first one I had is the, uh, I guess you'd say the point structure in terms of, you know, uh, winning uh, a game, whether it be two points and then the extra point for the team that gets into overtime. Now, Andy, I personally believe that the point system is broken. And, you know, I don't believe that a team that gets into overtime should be re- rewarded that extra point. I realize why they did it and it gives, you know, lower level teams uh, the ability to kind of stay in that playoff uh, push towards the end of the season. But uh, what are your overall thoughts before we, you know, dive a little bit deeper into, you know, the actual point structure? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because on the one hand, I do see the merits of why they do it the way they do. But at the same time, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, especially there's some so many teams. It does promote so many teams trying to trap and just make it and not really caring if they if they're, you know, because they could play good five on five defense. But if they make it to OT, even though they're probably most likely going to lose either in a shootout or, or three on three because they don't have the skill and you can't have structure as much structure with only three players on the ice. Um, sorry, there's a I live in Brooklyn. There's a subway train behind me, elevated subway. Um, but I've often thought about what it would, how it could be restructured. Um, at their times, I thought, well, what if instead of you know, if you go to overtime and uh, three on three, what if the team that wins in overtime, uh, the team, if, if you get to overtime, the team that loses an OT gets nothing. And the team that if they can't finish their opponent or it, it, you know, if they can't finish their opponent in regulation, what if they only got a point instead of getting two points? I have thought about that. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily more, less fair. It probably, it could be less fair. If it's one of those things I think on paper, it sounds good in my head, but then if it, how it would probably play out would be kind of a nightmare. You know, especially if you're in a division where there's teams that just, you know, you're trying your best to score and it's just a hot goaltender and through no points of your fault of your own, you know. So uh, I don't know. I've tried. I've thought about ways to restructure it. And I'm be totally honest. There's some people that have like answers that uh, that. Yeah, I don't know. they, They claim to have the answers. I definitely don't. I've just I have thought about it, though. Yeah. So I'm going to give you like my my personal opinion. So I I think we should make there's got to be two options there's got to be either three points for a regulation win and then two points for two and one 
So you're splitting out the total number of points evenly. Like there should never be extra points given out to a game that goes into overtime. Like especially this season too, because um, you know it's all divisional games played. So when you know as a Rangers fan watching you know the Capitals and Penguins go into overtime, and those three points are killer because you know you only want two possible points given out every game that's not involved not involving the Rangers. Um, so every overtime game is just a free point that's given out to another team, you know, and, you know, and that's killer. And I know, you know, I guess it's fair across the board that every team has the opportunity to get into overtime and get that point. But, you know, I, I just think that there's, uh, better ways of handling it. And, uh, I have my ideas, but like, you do understand like now more than ever, that extra point is killer, right? Like, am I crazy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. No, I mean, especially when you were in a self-contained division like this and mm-hmm. you can't pick up points from other divisions, especially if you only play them once or, you know, you play them twice a season. Uh, so, yeah, obviously right now it's way, the in, those points are way more important. And um, no, you're you're definitely not off base. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, like I said, I think mo- more, most of the problems are with the seeding format of the playoffs, but I definitely, obviously this plays into it too. And like you said, it's just, it's, it just ki- those, uh, you know, what they call them four, you know, three point games or four point games are in your own division are killer. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you're watching, you're watching two of your uh, rivals in your division go up against each other and they get to OT and, you know, and they're, you know, it just, it sucks, you know, especially as a team that has no, you can't influence it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're just picking up points for hanging in there, you know. So I I do have a bit uh, of a but, Ooh, all right, let's hear it. Well, I mean, my point system would be a little bit different. But did you have a point to make? Uh, prior? No, honestly, no. Like I said, I don't claim to have any of the answers. I I've kicked around in my head ways to maybe um, change things up. But again, I I every time I think about them, I when I really consider them, I'm like it kind of does open another can of worms. And then is that worse? I don't I don't really know. But I would I am genuinely interested to hear what you think. Well, I, I always think that it, it makes it uh, a, a better game, a more unique game when the home team has more of an advantage. And I always loved like uh, interleague play in the MLB where, you know, there's different sets of rules for the American League and the National League where the National League, the, uh, the pitcher bats, and in the American League, you have a DH for that, that slot. Um, obviously, the league is probably going to end up trending towards uh, everyone, uh, both National and American, having a DH, but um, that's you know, besides the point for the NHL. Um, I just believe that the NHL should reward the home teams a little bit more, and in doing so, um, it, giving them a little bit of power, and I'll explain why. If you have a game that your Rangers are home against the Devils and the game goes into overtime, now you have two points for um, two fo- points for overtime win. So if it's a three on three and someone wins, it's two and zero. Now, if the uh, overtime ends, you split the points, so it's one point apiece. But here's the catch: the shootout is an option that can be taken by the home team. So the home team can push the game into a shootout, but they're risking the extra point. So, oh. so it gives the home team That's pretty interesting. an option and the power to, you know, you could possibly screw over your opponent if you're, you know, a team at the top of the standings and you say, screw it, we'll just split one and one. Or, you know, if you're a team trying to chase, 
you know, another team in the standings, you're going to gamble and you're going to have to go for it. And you, you know, you risk your point. So that, that's kind of like my way. Um, I know it's probably not perfect, but I, you know, so far there hasn't been a system that is perfect. Otherwise we wouldn't, you know, even be discussing. It would definitely add drama to it, you know? And and I think one of the biggest uh, problems that uh, fans and, and viewers have had with the shootout is that it's like, it sometimes it seems like a skills competition, an anticlimactic way to end. But at the same time, the fact that you are putting something on the line to get there, maybe, yeah, maybe that that is something. Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. I think the drama behind it would be great. Obviously, you know, you have the center, the ref, where he can go to the benches and then go to center ice with his little, you know, uh, pot, you know, hip mic, turn it on and say, like, you know, the home team is whatever is choosing to go to the shootout, you know, if they, whatever, they will lose, you know, they fourth, whatever, you know what I mean? So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I just think it would, yeah, add, I, I actually don't. I, yeah. I don't hate that. It, it would add like a little bit more appeal to the overtime game because, you know, I, I do think the three on three at times is it, it is exciting, but at times I feel like there's really no desperation to kind of win the game. And I think if you reward the winning team with two points and the losing team with zero, you know, that in itself, that rule will certainly make um, the three on three a little bit more uh, desperate and a little bit more exciting, especially for the fans. And then, you know, obviously then the shootout is almost like a gamble. You know, you there there's not just you're not playing for an extra point. You're now actually, you know, gambling your point against the other teams and, you know, it, your own, you know, boxing in that road team to, uh, you know, have to play by your rules. And I just think it's, you know, something unique, something different that the NHL could experiment with, you know, for sure. Yeah. I had off, I had for a while, I was thinking for, I don't know why I thought this, I thought it would be so cool if, uh, much like in basketball, it wouldn't be an arc necessarily, but you had a right when you hit the blue line, in or inside of the blue line in the offensive zone there was like a uh i guess like a a box or a rectangle that spanned you know the maybe maybe it was three feet uh in front of the another yeah like there was two blue lines there was the blue line you cross into and then there was another blue line like three feet in front of that one and then uh you know obviously it spanned all the way vertically across the ice so it's hard it's basically perpendicular to yeah you basically have a giant rectangle and if any if your demon take points from a shot from that point and it went in, it was worth two, two goals. <laughs> That's kind of stupid. It's, it's not like I said, it's kind of, I mean, but it's not though. I mean, that was, remember the roller hockey, um, pro B international. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that had, they had a, like a three point line or something. If you, you know, shot it, yeah, and it went in from like half court, it was like worth three goals or something crazy like that. Yeah. They also had a, like a half pipe behind the net, which was pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, you could, like go is... up on an embankment and then come. Uh, yeah, like what was that movie, Rollerball or whatever that movie? Was? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, you know, my last question really for the point structure though is, you know, the three points. Um, is that something they do in European leagues? Because that's also intriguing too. Because if you have three points for a regulation win or even like an overtime win, I feel like, uh, or the overtime becomes then two points. Um, and it's two and zero. So it's three and zero for a regular uh, regulation win, two zero for an overtime win. And then, you know, a shootout would be what? Or just one and one or something? Um, but, uh, uh, you, yeah. 
I mean, I feel like you could do stuff like that where like the point there's less points to be earned the longer you go just to, you know, light a fire up under these teams, you know, asses to. Uh, but is there any leagues that you know of that do the three points for a regulation win? Uh, no, not that I know off the top of my head. I know a few the KHL un, until a, like I think a couple years ago, um, they had a different point system. But now I think they have the same one as the NHL that you get two points for winning, and then if you can make it to if you lose in overtime or the shootout, you get a you get a point. So. Uh, I can't, no, I don't, I know, I think some of those European leagues have ties, but, uh, for the most part, um, I think it's pretty, pretty similar. Okay. Yeah. No, Cause, uh, I know the, um, the world junior championships has that three point system, which I kind of like, it kind of works, you know, yeah. it's wait super- a minute. No, actually, uh, oh, I think, no, it doesn't the, the, the SHL has a three point system, doesn't it? Am I I feel like my I, I can't I, my, I, I haven't watched as much SHL the last two seasons, so I've just but uh yeah, I think the SHL has you know I it's feel like funny watching those games, it's like okay. Yeah. I think uh I think in the SHL if you, you get three for regulation and only two for winning in overtime and like you get uh one if you hang on. So I think yeah, the SHL has a three point system, like you're describing. Okay, and you know what also would be yeah. a little uh thing, little unique too, especially with the shootout, is that I don't think the coach should get to choose. I think the captains have to choose, and you know obviously it might be something that they discuss prior to, um, the thing uh you know to, to the game time and stuff like that. But I think the ref should call each captain, and the captain then has to choose the three the shooters, and they can choose themselves obviously. Yeah. But just to like, I don't know, make the captain role a little bit more interesting that they have to make these decisions yeah. on the spot. I don't know how you feel like that. I feel like maybe coaches would probably be against it because I feel like they're losing control of the, the hockey team. But Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could do one of those things where in the beginning they flip a, the ref flips a coin at center ice with the two captains or whoever's, you know, an assistant if your team doesn't have a captain. And whoever wins a coin toss gets to choose, like, they either get... um you know, they can either choose to get the, like the long change, you know, or get the home ice change, depending on which way they're going to start, which net they're going to, their goaltender is going to start in. But if they, you know, if they choose the long change, then the other team gets like the option for the, the shootout. Like, I don't know. Like, there, you know, I think there's, there's definitely ways you can have fun with it, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I definitely do think that those type of things could be, integrated better into the league to at least have you know a some more screen time for your your captains and your players and a little bit more drama and personality you know yeah no absolutely um you know and another thing too you know obviously the all-star game you know some people love it some people hate it some people want it to mean something what are your thoughts on it because i do think there should be something a little bit at stake for an all-star game to kind of like make it somewhat meaningful um, I'm not really sure, and you know, I kind of want to get into this, but you know, uh, uh, you know, if you don't say what I think you're gonna say, then I'll bring it up after. If that makes sense. So, um, what are your thoughts on the All Star Game, and um, do you think it should mean a little bit more than it does right now? Um, no, I don't know. It's really not like for. I kind of made peace because for a while I was like, you know, because the All Star Games was boring. It you know, and I think when they that first year where they adopted uh, just making it three on three, we definitely got better. Um, I do think 
that also, yeah, the whole, uh, obviously with the money that you can put towards charity is definitely helps, you know, especially if you're, cause most of the players use, you know, it's like, unlike the, the NBA all-star game where guys just, even if they're not in it, they, they show up and just to show their faces and do that. It's not the same guys want to use this time and during a grueling schedule to like recoup their families or go out and take a little vacation or whatever. But, um, you know, unfortunately, because it's like, I don't know what you could, it's kind of tough. Cause I, like I've heard some people in the past float, like, Oh, you get like, uh, advantages or points in like the regular season. I think it should have no bearing on the regular season. It's like for fun guys, you don't want guys going all out and getting injured. So it's, but it's tough to strike that balance. Right. So, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just comes down to making sure I, I can't believe they got rid of the, the, all the draft, the all-star draft. Like that was the best, but apparently it was like hurting players feelings. If they were getting, you know, picked last, like Phil Kessel gets picked last, but, I love that where they were clearly like, you know, half in the bag, just making their selections. I thought that was cool. And obviously the little thing they stole from uh, uh, well, the NBA, but no, I'm yeah, with I just you. don't know why I, I got rid of that. I, I like the draft too. And, uh, you know, I kind of like that the last guy in the draft got the car. Cause remember, uh, Ovi wanted, Ovechkin wanted the, he wanted uh, his car. He wanted his car. I mean, he ended up, I think they actually gave him one, I think, uh, because he was making such a big deal out of it. But I mean, <laughs> at that point, you're getting selected for the, you know, all-star game. Is it really that big of a slap in the face that you're getting drafted last? I mean, I feel like yeah, you made it to the all-star game. Yeah, you're an all-star in the NHL. Is it your your ego is really taking a, a, a beating? Um, I, I do wish they would do like instead of maybe an all-star game, kind of maybe instead of, you know, doing it by division, bringing back some sort of like world versus you know, doing a Europe team, an American team, Canadian team. I know it might not work out in terms of who gets selected from the uh, the teams or something like that, but, like, maybe draft into those teams. So, like, you know, an American captain, a Canadian captain, uh, a European captain, and, uh, you know, maybe, like, a young gun captain. And, yeah. you know, you don't really represent your division. You just represent, like, you know, Team America could still have, you know, Ovechkin on it. You know what I mean? Just something like kind of fun like that to do. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think yeah, that could be interesting. I I really love the hockey at the world when the NHL did the World Cup of Hockey a couple seasons ago. Team North America was awesome. Obviously, everyone still misses that team and talks about how just great that was and like how cool fun they were to watch because it was watching like the next wave of superstars and how fast and skilled they were. It was just insane. But um. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, on the one hand, I almost wish they would just have the World Cup of Hockey more. Yeah. You know, maybe every every two years or at least every four years. Um, but they've, you know, outside of that, they don't. The only reason I think they were so gung-ho about it last time is because they're, you know, Gary's like, no, we don't need the Olympics. We have our own World Cup, you know? <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> but, you know, now obviously NHLers are most likely going to return to the Olympics, uh, you know, wherever. I forget where the next Winter Olympics are, but. Um, so yeah, it's just, so I mean, it's tough cause I obviously like that, but I, you know, I do have a little bit of reticence about, obviously I want the game to be competitive, but at the same time, if my superstar goalie like pulls his groin in the all-star game, I'd be pretty, pretty pissed off, especially cause it's one thing you do in the Olympics. You understand it's like a chance to represent your country and everything, but during the all-star game where they most likely would rather be on a beach somewhere, I feel you, you got to feel for them. So 
but yeah, I'd obviously, I think it has to be better. And I think it behooves the league to make sure that's like the, the extracurriculars, like that whole, uh, you know, driving range, uh, off the, the deck to try to hit the targets was a, was a total disaster. I think it was boring and it was hard and, you know, I just, they should definitely, you know, get rid of it. But at the same time, like we said, we missed the all-star draft. That was always fun to see who would get drafted where and like, who's going to be on whose team. You know, if you could steal guys, it's like, especially if, you know, if it's like uh, two guys from the same team are and, and the other guy steals, like whoever's picking for uh, the captain's one team, you know, whoever, or especially if it's like the host city, it's like, you know, they could steal. So I thought, yeah, it, I always thought that was interesting. So I think it just definitely behooves them to make sure, you know, three, keep three and three for the game. Uh, maybe, like you said, play around with the format. So it's not just like, you know, the team from this division. Uh, I don't know what that would entail and making sure it's balanced, but, or adding a little bit of random randomness or fun to them or, you know, or who knows, maybe it would be fun to have like, uh, like having like recently retired players play or yeah. at least guys that could still do something, you know, but at the same time, you obviously want to make sure it's not going to be, uh, you're not, they're not going to get embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like I love Which... Brett Hull and I would obviously love to love him to be able to come down and like rip, you know, wrist shots but who knows how long if he's still able to withstand the rigors of doing that so you know yeah or we can just scrap the whole thing and just have john scott run a practice just like him just doing drills since everyone will <laughs> love that guy so much i mean i had my issues with it because the fan vote like talk about like like listen you can say what you want but it was kind of embarrassing like it should have been embarrassing for john scott i know he said it wasn't and it's an honor and to represent his team and but like the fan, like it's it's not a good guy game. Like the the game isn't like who are the best guy, character guys in the league. It's who are the all stars. And if like you're not an all star, you don't deserve to be there. And and I know he scored a couple goals in the game, but like that's not the point. Like anyone can score in the all star game. No one's really trying. Like I want to see the best players, you know, play with each other, even if it's them dicking around. And uh you know, that annoyed me. So just I'm airing my grievances a few years after <laughs> the fact. But uh, yeah, I, I I was actually on the opposite side of the fence. I actually love that he was there only because it was I think it was less about him and more about just sticking it to the league, which has been such a stick in the mud, you know. Well, so I don't even necessarily know if it was the fact that it was him and it was more the fact that it was like the league tried almost like it was they were almost so embarrassed by it that they, they tried. They made his team trade him to like Montreal, which is ridiculous like you're gonna uproot a guy's life because you don't like the way you know uh, uh a well, fan vote shook out like that's that's ridiculous so well yeah i mean you know well anything to stick it to the league i'm all about too but uh um, yeah, yeah exactly but yeah at that point though if you're the i understand league, what you're saying i understand what you're saying you though. you don't leave that's why you don't leave it up to the fans to vote because they could pull off like shenanigans like that and it all and you know how the internet works if like th something like weird catches on like the crying Jordan face, you know, like when you try to like control something like that, the general public will flip yeah. the other way. So once the league showed a little bit of like hesitancy, like towards like this happening, you know, the, the votes just like kept on pouring in for John Scott. And it was like now just overwhelming. And like the league was better off just ignoring, like just saying, Hey, it is what it is. Maybe it would have corrected itself in the voting, but you know, it, again, it just, that's why you don't leave like stuff like that that you don't want happening. You don't certainly leave it up to the fans because you know 
you know, once things get going on the internet, it's tough to, re- <laughs> you can't reverse it. Um, but yeah, anything the, that made Gary squirm, it was kind of bullshit that they, they had to trade. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like, yeah, no, like you said, definitely. Maybe, you know, and I always try to think a little bit when I'm uh, fan casting these things, like think a little bit outside the box. Like, you know how in reality television shows, this like real world versus road rules, the challenge or whatever, or even uh, Survivor will do heroes and villains. It would be interesting if one year like things were just built t- totally on maybe like rivalries, like you had Dowdy and one team and Kachuk on another and, uh, you know, Reeves and Kane on opposite teams or whatever. I know why, because they would never want to seem like they were promoting violence of any, any type. But at the same time, it would be interesting to have like, you know. No, I well, that's the thing with the NHL. Like the NHL, I feel like they don't know what they want. And I, and I feel like the league sometimes doesn't, you know, use itself to promote itself properly. Like you can lean into some of these rivalries, and I, I think it'll, it'll be fine. Like I really do think that if you put those two players in a locker room, like nothing's really gonna happen. Like, I mean, they might chirp each other. No, they pay they, into each other's NHL. You know, they pay into each other's benefits. So it's not right. like it used to be. I mean, they might or back actually, in the day, two teams couldn't be in the same hotel because they would, they would get into a, a Donnybrook, you know? Yeah, it's like we don't live in that era anymore. And I know like they're afraid to like move backwards. But, you know, sometimes like just smothering the whole thing is, you know, it's kind of bad for the game. That's why I love that. Like there's no escape now. Like everyone is in the same division. Excuse me. All the teams have to play each other. And it's not like the, the league can like fix it where it's like, okay, we're not, uh, you know, Devils and Rangers are done playing because that game got a little too, you know, crazy and we can't have five more of these games. You know, there's nothing the league can really do about it at this point. And it's almost like they're forced into embracing rivalry, which I feel like the league has never really done before. And uh, that's why I think the Canadian division is so unique and, and you know, kind of is like who is the best Canadian team? Like who, like regardless of where you are in the standings, like, you want to not just make playoffs, you want to win that division for future bragging rights, because this is it. It's the only time it's happening in the league, you know, hopefully knock on wood, uh, you know, and it'll never happen. And, and, you know, just the bragging rights of who won that, you know, division for years to come is certainly, uh, you know, something that people are going to hang their hat on. Uh, if you are the, the leading team in the league or in the, in the division. Yeah. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And then I was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. I I had had another thought about, you know, they have 
uh, over the summer they have these small time like traverse you know they have traverse city for some some teams and others they just get together and they do whatever series you know they just like a few like four whatever i think it's like what six teams go to traverse every year either six or seven or eight or i forget how many go but why not just have one unified prospect tournament under the nhl's umbrella so it's almost like it's basically traverse city but it's much higher much more produced and it's like only a couple days, whatever. It can be two nights, it can be three, or whatever. It's enough. Maybe it's a week. I don't know. But you, it takes place either maybe, I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe you do it in the middle of the season during, like, All-Star week, you know? And there's games throughout the day, so each team's prospects uh, plays a couple of games. You know, maybe they just bracket it by your division, so you'll have to play kind of almost like a mini Stanley Cup. Like, that would be interesting. And they had like a prospect cup, you know. Yeah, and but just with more production value behind it, because I, you know, we're we're used to watching, uh, especially Traverse City. It's like a guy with like a hand hand cam, <laughs> just watching from up high, you know, with no with often with very no commentary or anything. Imagine if you just the NHL just said, you know, especially if you look at how much, uh, you know, the how heavily the the NFL is invested into college football and just the production values behind that. And that hockey, junior hockey gets nothing. Maybe in Canada it does, but at least not, you know, for their minor, the farm teams of the various teams in the National Hockey League. So why not have a, like you said, just have a prospects, you know, cup for not, not just for, for prospects that have already been drafted, you know, especially or who are knocking on the doorstep. So that could be very interesting. Well, you can even do it like, like how the all-star, you know, all-star weekend is set up and how that's like a mini tournament where you do take the prospects of, you know, the East, you know, uh, you know, East, North, uh, West, I don't, I don't even South. I don't, I, I don't even honestly don't even, central. Sorry. Um, and just have those like each prospect team compete also like, and you have select prospects and it's not just prospects that are from one individual team kind of do like a tournament like that. Yeah. No, you're right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like... I'm just like spitballing here. And then, you know, no, exactly. Got... And I think it'd be, yeah, that you could like much like that. You could pull from, if you have guys in the AHL, they could play. If you had guys overseas, they could come play. If it's not, you know, interfering with their schedule with their teams at home. So, and you can even um, have, yeah, um, I definitely, I'm sorry. You can even have like an amateur team that, you know, of guys who have not been drafted yet or even undrafted, uh, you know, prospects too. Like, you know, mm. if a, you know, a guy who's, you know, 18 and, and no one's, you know, drafted him yet and he played in the world juniors and stuff like that, maybe do one team of those guys too, because, you know, it'll give them, you know, another exposure. Uh, you know, scouts will be all over that game too, you know, because there, there are players that, you know, go through the system and don't get drafted, you know, Dan Girardi. So, um, you know, Dan Girardi, when was he picked up by the Rangers? I forget, but I'm pretty Ooh, sure he wasn't drafted. At all. No, he was signed. Was it oh four or five? It was right yeah. around that. I don't know. For, I feel like, yeah, for some reason, like oh five keeps popping in my head, although I don't know if that's necessarily right i can go to his wikipedia and tell you uh yeah he went he was supposed to be he was eligible for the 2003 draft 
Uh, he signed in the AHL in, uh, oh, yeah, uh, he got a tryout from the Rangers in 05, 06. Okay. He got a training camp tryout. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, yeah, 05, because he, yeah, he played, uh, I think, yeah, I think he went to, he went to the ECHL for Charlotte. I don't know if the Rangers were that. And then in like, he, it won him a, a look by the, by the Wolfpack. Or at least the range. Yeah. I should say the Rangers, and then they they were impressed enough to sign him to the Wolf Pack, and then he worked his way up. Yeah, I mean, so you can even put together a team of you know undrafted prospects playing in that prospect tournament because you know I do think um, you know I I do think people would watch it. I mean, hockey fans would certainly watch it. Uh, the casual fan would kind of be like, like, what the hell's going on here? Like, who are these guys? And then you know I I think it'd be a cool little unique tournament where you know the casual fan might throw it on and and be like you know you know watching it and be like you know uh these are the rangers prospects the devil's prospect they're all playing together on a team what the hell like this is crazy yeah well if if it's on nbc and it's Mm -hmm. promoted by the league then they're much more likely because there's still people that don't watch the world juniors even though it's such a fun awesome tournament you know it's like such a you know it's so cool but even i at a point like was just like oh, i don't know much about prospects or whatever i'm like i guess this guy could be good we'll see i don't know he doesn't play in the nhl yet and then you kind of come to understand especially with how the league is trended younger how much important it is and how cool it is to get you know it, how it's especially like how much more enjoyable it was as a rangers fan to like for me to get associated with lafreniere early and then when we win him it's like oh my god whereas people are like oh wow is this a good like is he that good like i have to look into it it's so it's so cool so if the nhl the nhl definitely needs a bigger presence in junior hockey i know they obviously already float a lot of money to those under leagues but i wouldn't begrudge them at all for trying to have their own uh yeah, their fingers in it, or at least have like, like you said, a a draft el- either their own draft eligible tournament or their own um, already drafted prospects tournament under one bubble where they put a little bit more production value into it. You know, they help the teams. You know, they set it up so you'll have a like you said, Rangers and Devils prospects from the same. You know, t- you'll have your Metropolitan Divisional Division prospects playing. Uh, you know, best of that. So yeah, I think that'd be cool. So and something they should definitely get involved with. Yeah, no, I that I mean it's a great idea. I'm like I'm even glad you brought it up because, you know, it's something that you I can even like blog about and kind of idea throw out there and just put it into the universe and hopefully it ends up on someone's uh in someone's thought thought line and, and eventually gets created. Um I I do wanna ask you too, um, you know, because the NFL and the NBA, well NBA kinda has the March madness where it's kinda like that that's where fans kinda fall in love with uh, college basketball players and then um you know the nfl obviously with the success of the ncaa football um you know fans get to learn about like those guys and do you think it's like a disadvantage that you know the nhl um the players that you know get drafted are kind of from all over the place in terms of like you get college hockey players you get junior hockey players you get players that are strictly play for the national development program uh, and then you get kids that are in the European leagues, you know, KHL, like there's so many different options, options for the amateurs to play uh, prior to the NHL. Do you think that like kind of hurts the NHL? I think I, I, a little bit. I think, I do think it, they don't have that same advantage to get uh, eyes on prospects earlier, or at least unify in a unified sense. 
the World Juniors would probably be the only place where you can really do that. And again, it's like it, you you have to have the NHL network. So you're already kind of excluding the Joe hockey fan who just watches his team and doesn't really follow the rest of the league much. Whereas if it was just right in front of his face and he didn't have to pay an extra whatever, he would if he had an NBC or whatever, um, or NBCSN even. But uh, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's like, it is cool. I do think it's a, a cool aspect of the National Hockey League in that you get guys from different countries that have at different styles. Like you can kind of tell you know, Russian players have a, a way of skating and a fluidity and of handling the puck and then how Swedish players are very responsible defensively. And listen, these are just platitudes, mind you. I'm not saying all Russian players skate the same and all Swedish players skate the same, but you just kind of see how it's like how playing in those leagues kind of affects their game or adds different dynamic elements to their games that are unique, which is cool and should be celebrated. And like you see at the World Juniors, you, you know, those teams usually play, each team has their own style to play which is pretty interesting you know that like uh the Finns are always well very well coached and are dogged on the puck and and they're you know they have a lot of uh yeah they they, they compete and check hard and you know same things with the checks and then you have like you said the russia usually plays more of a a, uh, a skill-based game and you know so it's just, it's just cool but um but yeah i guess it hurts it does like i said it does hurt them the nhl and the fact that it's harder for them to for that very reason to have their own version of a march madness where it's just you know the the majority obviously you get players in the nba come from you know uh, spain and europe and other places but for the most part they're coming from uh, the ncaa and from college basketball so yeah they don't maybe don't have that unified uh place to draw prospects from and then to get eyes on them but yeah, at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't know, maybe if, I think the, the, the NHL trying to work more in conjunction with the IIHF uh, could maybe benefit both parties, if that makes any sense. So I think there's something to be explored there. Yeah, and I, and I also do think, too, that the, the NHL, I mean, not really so much the NHL, but the NCAA uh, hockey should really move into a one and done format. Um, that's kind of publicized as a March Madness with, uh, you know, I think the, uh, you know, you know, you obviously want to win your league and stuff like that. But when it comes to college hockey, and I really do think it could be wonders for the sport if you kind of move it into a March Madness type of bracket. I think people, I, I think fans, especially casual fans, it's uh, seeing a bracket set up like March Madness is very visually stimulating. And uh, I think people like the idea of one and done, uh, especially in hockey, because, I mean, is there anything better than like overtime hockey uh, when a team is going to go home like the desperation? I I feel like anybody that watches it is captivated by it. And I think you can get that at such a larger scale uh, and and really, you know, put a lot of eyes on the NCAA hockey if you you have something like that. And obviously there's a lot of division one basketball team so 64 might be a little too extreme but you know you know maybe doing um you know 32 teams uh and starting the bracket off there uh you know would be enjoyable because don't they they do a a best of three at one point right i think they do a best yeah. of three uh at certain points but you know i, I think they should kind of do away with that and invite more teams and kind of just have a full-fledged bracket style where it's just like you know um, you know, north, south, east, and west, uh, just divisions somewhere in the in the country, and and then you finally meet for the Frozen Four at the at the end, kind of like the the Final Four for the college basketball. I don't know your thoughts on that. 
No, yeah, it's the more I, I think about just, you know, and I think the one of the biggest things is I think time, timing obviously plays a big part. And if that's the biggest issue with because uh, the way these different leagues around the, the world are scattered and that it makes it harder to get guys off loan for, for these type of things, you know, so oh. usually with with the, you know, with um, the tra- the prospect tournament, it works because they're drafted by the club and they're there with the onus that it's like they're at training camp and they're trying to make the club. So it definitely obviously works a little bit more. Um, or, you know, I guess obviously like the world juniors, you make time because it's such a, so who knows if it's a big enough tournament, guys will make time or they will leave their teams. Like Tim, Tim Stutzel is going to, you know, isn't, wasn't going to miss the world juniors to play for Germany. You know, he was going. So even if, if his team had, you know, if, you know, if, uh, his DEL team had, was playing games, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's just, it's like I said, it's just the, the NHL, I think that's kind of not, I don't want to say the next frontier that make it sound like that's their biggest opportunity for growth, but I do think it's a big one. I mean, you really do, you know, I March at the biggest way they can grow their fan base is to try to get, have more eyes on the product. And I think getting the general public familiarized with their prospects and their players early on to have guys to root for and guys stick out to them and guys they like. And especially if it's one of those things where by the time they're introduced to them, there's already tribalism going on. It was like, well, it's a flyers prospect. So I'm not gonna care about this guy, but you know, it is cool. Like it, it's, uh, I, you know, the, the CHL tops prospects game is always very fun because none of these guys have affiliate affiliations yet. And you can just watch it be like, Oh man, it'd be cool if my team got this guy, but, or it'd also be too cool if they got this guy or, you know, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, they have options. There's definitely more. They could be definitely doing more. And I do definitely think that's a, a missed opportunity for them right now in that uh, getting, I think that will help them more than they maybe think it would. You know what I mean? Like, I think they have a hard enough time marking their own players. So obviously I can't really expect them to to throw themselves uh, feet first into trying to market players that don't even, whatever, aren't a part of their league yet. But yeah, it's just one of those things that, it pays dividends down the line and you know, you can't, you March madness is one of, yeah. I mean the fervor around it, there's people that would rather watch March madness than watch their own NBA, you know, their local NBA teams games at times. You know what I mean? And there's people who are, there are people that are just college basketball people. Cause they, you know, for whatever reason, it's crazy to think that because the NHL, I think to their own, its own detriment has kind of like, has this mentality of like, I don't care where, where you came from, whether it's junior or the European, like the NHL is the top league in the world. And, and it's like, yeah, that might be true. But at the same time, it's like, uh, yeah, in college basketball, it's like, you know, I don't know. That's such a huge deal. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I don't know. Well, and it's yeah. just definitely like, especially when, uh, not to cut you off, but like when you watch the Frozen Four on ESPN or whatever, just to have team score goals and then have their, their, uh, their college band section like play their fight song like that's cool that stuff's cool and i definitely think they're like it's but it's like i said it's usually local access and it's only it's just the the nhl doesn't do a good enough job getting eyes on things that are already out there so it's also hard for me to to imagine them you know taking steps to create their own to to taking their own steps to like try to create something to showcase players on their own yeah and the nhl i mean you say they have a hard like they might have a hard time I don't think they have a hard time. I think they just don't do anything. So it's like, I feel like they yeah, exactly. just say, why bother? Like the amount of effort it to, cause it's not something that like the investments that they make now are not going to be seen for five, 
maybe even a decade later, um, where they can kind of sort of measure some growth. And, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, hockey's just really not that appealing. You know, uh, the fact that players are in full equipment, uh, college basketball, it's fun to see these kids. You know, some of them, they look so young. They're on TV. You get to know their faces, their personality. Whereas, you know, a college hockey game, let's face it, they have a full cage on. It's uh, the, the view is so much further away because the rink is bigger than a basketball court. Um, you know, the uh, announcers are not, you know, you know, there's no brand to them. You know, you don't have a, a was it Dickie V? You know, saying you know, that's right, baby. Like there isn't that doesn't <laughs> exist. You know, hockey doesn't have that built in. Yeah, hockey doesn't have that built into the game. Um, you know, and the history of you know just college basketball, uh, college basketball, um, and how it produces these you know uh, Cinderella stories and but you know hockey. They don't even know who's the Cinderella and who's the favorite because you know it's not the same as football and basketball. So um, it would be a ton of work, I think, for the NHL. But I think ultimately it could get to that point where, um, like a March Madness style, just for the fact that you can gamble on it, you could uh, root for yeah. a school. Because let's face it, I mean, college hockey schools, are, you know, they're getting more recognizable with the success of Penn State, Arizona State. You know, you got the Michigan, so you got, you know, Boston College, Boston University. I mean, you know, these are you know nationally known schools, so. I don't think they have to worry too much about that. No, you're right. And I just think little things adopting, there's even little things that would probably not just even for the, that national hockey league, like when in the NFL, when, uh, prior to kickoff, you have your starting lineup and a little graphic and a video of them introducing themselves. They say their name and where they went to school or where they were drafted out of, you know, you can't do that for the NHL yeah, or even yeah. if they just give their hometown. I know they, they did that, uh, in the for the during the playoffs right the stanley cup final where they would have a little thing where they would just say their name and you know where they were from but like yeah, yeah i don't know it's just like stuff like that imagine you had that before on nbc before every game like for before every face off you know it was just like your your starting lineups where it's like you know your your three forwards who started on the ice your two defensemen and your goaltender there was like a little graphic that popped up where it was a video of them like saying their name and where they were from or whatever, or where they were drafted out of or what their junior team was or, you know, wherever they, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just a little thing. Like, I, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, it doesn't really take much or cost much. It's just get a camera and get record it and get it ready. And it's just a little thing, but you know, I don't know. It's just, sometimes they think it's like, we can't be like these other, other leagues. Well, why? It's a good idea. Like, you know, don't be afraid of a good idea. It's not like no one's going to mistake you for the NFL overnight. You know what I mean? Or think you're going to, oh, it's a copycat. No, they're just going to think it's, it's a good idea in a ways to like get it instead of just getting a little headshot of a guy next to his name for his like the starting lineups. And it's just like, you know, this guy and you don't really yeah. get much. And maybe you get a guy who talks and who sniffles a lot and says platitudes about hockey in between. It's like, oh, you know, we didn't do a good enough job or we did a pretty good job and uh, we got to, uh, we got to finish it out here, you know, like, yeah, like that's not, you're not you know, you want to get some personality, some personality, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I just think that's clearly the, one of the big, I know now we're, we're, we're moving on to personality and I think you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, why, what the disconnect between is allowing guys, you know, saying they want to start showcasing the players' personalities, but like how the the doctrines within the game or within the, the national hockey league have kind of made it difficult to do so. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, 
I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, that is like a whole nother, like, again, we yeah, it's a whole other podcast. podcast. <laughs> uh, we, we've said that so many times before, but, but it really is. There's so much to kind of like break down from just hockey culture to, uh, you know, culture of even 20 years ago and social media now. And, and what does it mean to, you know, have an individual personality with team? Can it work at the, uh, you know, within the NHL? I mean, there's a lot to like kind of break down, but you know, e- even so like the NHL also too, like the, the games that are in the prime time on NBC sports, like even that, like maybe it's time like where you feature like a guy from both sides, uh, you know, on both teams and show clips of them dominating um, like a lower level. I mean, we're getting to the point where uh, I'll, I'll be pretty shocked if there isn't footage of Austin Matthews at the age of 10, just, you know, scoring, you know, 10 goals in a hockey game, like show those clips, show what these kids were like when they were younger, where they played, like feature that during the game. I mean, one of the things that drove me absolutely bonkers is the way the only person that touches on it is, uh, you know, Regis McGuire, Pierre McGuire. And, (laughs) and, you know, he's so quick to like state a fact that you don't even understand what he's saying. And I've had so many people like say to me, like, wait, what, what did he just say? And it's like, just don't even worry about it. Cause it, he's not even right. hundred percent of the time, he just like, <laughs> used shit to just say it. But like, there is kind of, you know, there is kind of like substance to what he's trying to get across. And it's like, highlighting oh, yeah, where definitely. these guys it- came from, what league they were in, even if it was just youth hockey, like, People want like like to see that stuff. Like who like the NFL where they show um, you know, Marshawn Lynch when he was in high school, you know, bulldozing over, you know, kids his age because he's twice the size. Like fans love that stuff. They eat that stuff up and then they go YouTube it and then, you know, who knows? You know, that they fall in love with that player and then they become a hockey fan. Um Exactly. You know, especially with social media like those are the types of videos that can get like wildfire on, on YouTube oh, or social yeah. media where it's just a video of a kid, you know, doing something crazy. It's like, look at the edges on this kid, whatever. And then you can, especially if you can eventually throw back to that, like, you know, like you said, here's whatever, here's Connor McDavid at the brick tournament or whatever, scoring a million goals or, you know, or, uh, you know, I, I remember, uh, was Oliver Wallstrom had that shootout goal at like a, it was like a either flyers or like a Bruins, uh, intermission you know where they did the little mites they do mites on ice and he did the yeah. shootout and he did like the the whatever the the the, the spinning uh backhand move where you you pick it up you know with the you lay your blade down and then you pick it up by getting you know the torque on it and then you just whirl around a few times and put it uh, on your backhand like over the goalie shoulder while spinning so yeah i mean that type of stuff is cool <laughs> and especially like if to keep tabs on that and you say well it's like you might remember this video or whatever. And yeah, it's cool just to see them then and now, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, especially now with the younger kids, like they're on video 24 seven. So the kids that are getting drafted into the NHL, like Alexis Lafreniere, like there is no way that that kid has not been being, hasn't been filmed since he was 10 years old because he, he probably knew he was special then, you know, he's still special today. He's relevant. Like, feature that stuff when you have like a team like the Rangers on NBC sports, like there's no reason for it other than like, you know, it just, it'd be different and heaven forbid the, the, you know, the NHL did something a little bit different. Even if it strikes out, who cares? You let Fox highlight a puck. So it looked like a, you know, pink streak 
going up and down this ice. It doesn't work out. Who cares? You're really going to lose fans. I doubt it. So, um, yeah. Or even if you're, if let's say you were the NHL and you put something out and you said, Hey, every parent that has a kid that someday dreams of playing in the NHL, like take a video right now of them introducing themselves with their hockey gear on or whatever, and their helmet off or something saying like, hi, I, you know, I'm such and such from whatever, you know, and one day I want to play in the NHL and then you can roll it and you'll have it forever. And if your kid doesn't make it to the NHL, oh, well, he wanted to, he didn't. But if he does, then you can give him that video. And then lo and behold, now you have the cool video. You throw a thing. It's like, you know, it's like, whatever. I'm, you know, Alexi Lafreniere. And I it's always my dream to play in the NHL. And now he's in the NHL. It's super cool. Like, well, you, you know, know these are things that cost you nothing. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, I have you know, that video of myself. I had, oh, uh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate because I didn't make it to the league. But um, I I was watching during a, like a Christmas hiatus. I um you know we were watching home videos and one of them was Christmas Day and I got uh you know new skates and a stick and I'm in the living room with my skates on and uh, you can see all like cuts in the rug and uh you oh know, boy my, my dad's like you know are you James you know are you James Whale the hockey player. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what team do you play for? I'm like, the New York Rangers. And like, you know, Hell obviously, yeah. if, you know, that dream did come true, that would have been, you know, absolute gold of, uh, you know, material yeah. to throw up there. I'm like, and I'm what, sure what, there are what things year was like this, that. By the way, what year? How old were you? What oh, year was God. this? I was, it was probably 1993. It was probably, honestly, right before the year before the Rangers won the cup. So 93. So I was probably about okay. four years old and I had like a okay. little skate that a little hockey stick and I could, you know, nice. I was just learning, you know, the game essentially. Nice. I'll see, you know what? I should have yeah. videotaped it. I videotaped the videotape. Uh, I, I will do we'll, that. Fans will listeners. We will get, get the audio from this clip and maybe we'll put it on our YouTube or our Facebook or, or our, actually, no, we don't have Facebook, our Twitter or our <laughs> YouTube channel. Yeah, or Instagram. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get it. The next time I go home, I will, I will get that clip. Uh, luckily, they put all the, our home videos on DVD, so they're kind of broken up, into nice. it, and, I'll, and I'll be able to find it. But um, There you go. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's so frustrating, Andy, because we have to tell the league what to do to make it more successful. There's no one, I feel like there's no one out there that really is trying to grow the game, uh, you know, more than even like just the ideas you see thrown around and kicked around and discussed through the hockey pod net, uh, podcast network chat just like it's like nobody talking about this stuff well you know in fairness I, I do know some of our fellow hosts have had episodes where they've talked about ways to get more personality and grow the game and i listen i think the nhl has a lot of double standards when it comes to that stuff because i mean and and even i'll even say fan hockey fans are kind of fickle too because every time something new it's like all right we're gonna have ads on helmets oh you can't have ads on helmets these are the same people like we need to show personal we need to grow you need to grow the game why are you second best to or fourth best to all these leagues like all right so let's get some more sponsorships and revenue so we can get more whatever they're like you can't do that the sanctity of the helmet or the sweat yeah you know it's it's a double standard so and they're fighting it on both sides but at the same time they're not doing enough clearly because i just think you know, the, the NBA is, is so good at it. I mean, and in fairness, we know why, because on the one hand, like you said, it's like they, you know, the camera's closer, you get to see them interacting more, you get to see their faces, their facial expressions more. 
but the hell, French even the NFL, those guys, you have more guys on that from far away. You get, they just, they make more opportunities to get into the, the mindsets of these guys and what they're like offside. Like, you know, the narratives around cult quarterbacks as they age, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think the, the, and the NHL doesn't lot tap into this stuff as, as well as the other leagues. And they should definitely should because, you know, and especially no, if, the, if there are some things make more time for, to get the, to get to know the players. And like, like you said, uh, even if the players themselves have to be kicking and screaming, because like you said, they, they, they're, we've mentioned before, they'll fake injury. So they don't have to go to the all-star game, but you know, I don't know. They got to figure out a way to entice them to want to go, to want to be a star, you know? Yeah. And you know, and and this kind of like proves my point, and I I do think it's going to be, you know, the the only people having a, this discussion does seem to be the amateur people who cover the game, like the Hockey Podcast Network. I mean, starting out, I mean, who knows? You know, if as this continues to grow, you know, uh, an entire network dedicated to the NHL covering the game of hockey could, you know, in itself fulfill the things that we're talking about now in terms of growing the game because, you know, you know. W- you know, besides spit and chicklets, like there's no other like real like opportunities within like the podcast world for, uh, you know, you know, you, the NBA, every player has their own podcast, you know, right now, the only podcast that I can maybe think of is, I don't know, Tony D'Angelo and spit and chicklets. Like those are the only ones where I know where players are interviewing players. And I'm sure a couple of them have it that I'm not privy yeah. to but Re- like, retired players usually have podcasts but it's right. very it's very rare to have active players especially you know and i think that's a good thing obviously about chicklets is because they are guys who have been in the league before it lets guards down because there's obviously a lot of great hockey podcasts out there but whenever you're on friedman or and jeff merrick's podcast or greg washinsky's podcast or well, those things are polished you know or just any or ray and Dreger. Yeah, there's too much polish because they they they're they're guards up. But if they go on with their old buddies that they may have played with, whether it's a, you know, what Jimmy Hayes or um, you know, what are the other hockey podcasts? There's a, there's a, yeah, it seems like a lot of guys now have their own like uh, uh, yeah, you know, just any of these retired like whether chicklets or podcasts like that because those guys have been in the league before. Um, yeah, they they feel guys let their guard down they feel comfortable and they're willing to open up and show more personality and yeah listen i i don't think you can really understate what spit and chicklets has done not just for you know it it has helped the nhl gate there's an error like an element of coolness you know yeah tremendously i mean and it's it's one of the most popular sports podcasts on the planet it's it's always hovering around the top slot right on itunes and everything and and like you said, it's just like hockey players are, yeah, a lot of these guys are very funny. They have great stories, you know, and especially because it's like having a lot of it is like having personality in a league that is like very, uh, about having good, nice appearances. It's almost like when you hear about it, it's almost more effective and funny because it's like, oh man, like we're used, you're used to just seeing the polish and understanding it's like, oh man, it's like my car broke down and I was late. I miss, I overslept. Now I'm in my three-piece suit. I'm running, you know, because I can't be later. So the coach is going to eat me out. Like these guys are, yeah, it's just sometimes we think they're robots and they're perfect. And it's almost to see them like, you know, coach tells me to go out. I say, sure, whatever. I sneak out the window. Like that tough stuff is great. You know, we fans love that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I know obviously, you know, and the, obviously the NBA has done a good job getting out of the way and helping their own players, not only help marketing their own players, but allowing their players to market themselves, which is in turn helps them you know, it markets the NBA because that's the league they play in. You know what I mean? It's almost like 
it's not so much that the the leagues themselves have to do so much as just have to make sure they that their the culture around it is not so much built on squashing that individualism and right now it to an extent it still kind of is you know oh without a doubt and like you know obviously we're nearing into it and we keep harping on the fact that you know the nhl refuses to market its own players but like another thing too that the nba does um that's like you know they allow kind of the players to dictate where they want to go and who they want to play with. And I think there is a little bit of a, you know, a real housewives vibe to the NBA sometimes that, you know, people may say they can't stand. People may say they can't stand it, but at the same time, it's like, we can't get enough of it. Like with Harden now, you know, leaving the Rockets and going to play for the Nets, the drama behind that has put more eyes and more viewers on the Nets and just Houston in general that, you know, it's, it's free marketing that the players, uh, you know, players bring to the game. And I think that the NBA and you'll see instead of like trying to restrict players from doing that because it gets a little too crazy. I think you just see them like backing off and like, you know, if a player is acting like a total, you know, they allow the organization to fine them or something like that, but that's not going to do anything. A $5,000 fine for these players is nothing. So, you know, I, I do think that there's like a drama element to the game, like where they they kind of celebrate the idea of like these players having their own personalities and, uh, you know, them wanting to, you know, go city to city to try to, you know, find their championships. I, I know it takes may take away from the actual sport, but in terms of creating revenue, I think they're smart to kind of just, you know, let's just see how this all plays out, at least for now. No, I think that's a great point. And, you know, again, I think every every approach has its own hurdles and maybe things that there's, you know, for every action, there's a uh, an equal reaction, an opposite reaction. And yeah, I mean, like I said, even fans who say they want these things, sometimes they can't even agree. They, they'll say they want this, but it has to follow under this criteria. But, you know, luckily, I do think, at least in terms of within the last, with the league trending younger and, and the advent of, you know, or at least social media on the rise and, you know, spit and chicklets and, and things being more generated by and tell even TikTok and like being generated, but, you know, by the players themselves, like, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, it's just like, I think, you know, just thinking about the New York Rangers, it's like, you know, Mika Zibanejad's like a DJ, like, that's cool. Like, I want to see more stuff of him DJing and not just like, uh, like they, so the league says that, or NBC says that oh, they turn it into like, just kind of like a heartwarming you know, segment in between an NBC Wednesday night game where it's like, you know, off the ice is passion or whatever. I don't know. Like there's cooler ways. Why is he not DJing the fucking all-star game? You know, like why has he never been invited? Like imagine during the shootout, they had Mika like with his sweater on, like just kind of like throwing his hands up like a DJ and like mixing tunes. You know what I mean? Like you could, there's things you can do. Like take it. You, these guys have personalities, take advantage of it, you know? Oh, absolutely. And there's a million things they could do when they just, you know, I, I don't know if they're disinterested in doing it, but, you know, eventually, I, you know, maybe the, the, you know, obviously COVID has been, you know, awful for, you know, so many reasons, but, you know, you can always try to find a silver lining and, and maybe the silver lining is that this uh, desperate need of money, uh, you know, forces the NHL's, you know, forces their hand into kind of leaning into the stuff that they wouldn't normally be interested in in you know showcasing because it it does bring viewership it does bring clicks and it does you know bring revenue 
Um, so who knows? Maybe that, you know, when this is all said and done, you know, this this COVID and this season is a, you know, a, a transformation into, you know, something a little bit more different that the average fan, uh, you know, might not be used to. And, and I'm sure the older fans will, you know, even, our, you know, fans our age, you know, a lot of people, you know, won't want that, but uh, eventually be forced to embrace it because it means, uh, you know, the success of the league and the and the, uh, the the structure of the league, you know, it will become dependent upon upon that revenue. Um, but Andy, uh, you know, obviously, you know, this is a great little podcast to kind of cover, you know, different things for us. But uh, unfortunately, my my laptop, I think, is is under the gun here <laughs> in terms of battery uh, strength. So <laughs> you got um, any parting words as uh, we kind of wrap this up? No, I just I think the biggest thing that I've gleaned from our conversation today, and I'm sure that uh, people listening at home will glean is that, yeah, there's, I don't think there's one bad thing. Anything you can do just to change things up is good and to move forward, even if it doesn't work, you know, kudos to the league for trying things that end up being stupid and don't work. Cause you got to, you know? So if you our listeners have any ideas, how would you fix the national hockey league? Tweet at us at Broadway boys pod, or just send us a direct message. And uh, next time on air, we'll read some of your suggestions, like how, how you would fix the league. We'll give you a shout out. We'll, we'll say your name and yeah, we'll, I'll make sure to put uh, some, if you're listening to this, I'll make sure to put something as well on our Twitter page so you can also respond to that post. Uh, but yeah, if listen, we are but two fans of, of hockey. So I'm sure you all have great ideas you've been sitting on and now's the time the world gets to hear them. So tweet us at Broadway Boys Pod, send us a direct message, or you can respond to uh, the post when this episode drops. So yeah, thank you so much for entertaining us. Uh, We'll see you all uh, next week. And James, I hope, uh, yeah, uh, make sure your charger's hooked up next time. I will. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.